Hola, soy Chicharango. Suscríbete a Guantem Football. And as the computer screen flies through the mist of the internet, we start another show. It's LRC 360. Uh, I'm Vince LaRosa. With me, Connor Kolopsis and Max Bredos. We end one season to begin another, the most important part of the season, I believe, for all LAFC fans as we've won our second supporter shield, but now we want the cup. Uh, so we're here for you guys uh, to talk about what happened against Nashville and to look forward to the playoffs. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone in the chat, make sure that you Hit the like button. Uh, make sure you've already subscribed if you have not. And uh, get busy in that chat. Type up, type to your little heart's content. We're here for you. Like Vic Garcia, F. Carson. Sure. I mean, I feel like we should, that should be like hashtag scarves up for good. We should donate some money to some kind of good cause here in Los Angeles. So I'm with you, Vic. Uh, Max Bredos, Connor Klopsis, how are you guys? I'm, I'm doing great to be with you guys. Because, you know, Sunday was pretty uh, emotionally draining. Uh, and, you know... We'll get into it a little bit later, uh, but uh, it's good to be around good people. So just wanted to say that. And it's always good to see your two beautiful faces. Wow. Max, magnanimous as always. He must be in a good mood. Plus, he's all kitted out. Very LAFC today. I love oh, it, I got this. I got this from our brought from uh, Jordan Harvey and LAFC. So I got it's got two. Th- hey. It's got Bredos 18, which is the year I joined the club. 18 was the number I wore in high school for high school soccer. Must does it mean anything to yeah? Does it mean to the, anything to this conversation? No. Connor Klopsis, how are you? That, they give up to they give that to third string goalkeepers. I think number eighteen sometimes. <laughs> uh, no, 18's uh, backup backup number nine. One plus eight. Oh, okay, gotcha. I should have known that. How are you? You're muted. Oh, classic. Oh, Connor, but not again. Again? Again? Oh. Whoa! Uh. Whoa! Uh. Wow! Whoa. Good thing. Hey, good Great thing we have posters in the back off. there, Connor. Good thing good, we have eleven good, days good off. Thing that there's uh, like only fifteen people watching right now. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm back. Uh, Vince is back. Max is back. I was really happy to be back at the bank. It was a nice day, a nice Sunday. Uh, no real pressure. It was just a, a fun watch, even though we lost. But very, very good mood today. No real pressure is right, and maybe that's why you were muted. You just don't feel like there's a lot of pressure on the show, and I think we're gonna have Max and I are now gonna have to put that pressure back on you because. We need you at the top of your game, okay? Uh, Guys, if you're new to this show, uh, basically we have three questions that we start with with every show, and that's not going to change even though we're now going into the playoffs. So it's what happened, what did we learn, and where do we go from here? And I have the honors of what happened in the game against Nashville, and I'd like to go in chronological order. Uh, Let's see. We all showed up for a great celebration. It was a beautiful day. Uh, All of you guys were looking your best and were very lovely out there at Christmas Tree Lane. Then there was kickoff. Then about nine minutes in, Ted Uncle forgot what dog so is. Uh, a little bit later, about 20 minutes late, 25 minutes later, Carlos Vela walked off the field with a little bit of tightness, worrying a lot of people. But Christian Teo got a little bit more time than he probably would have. Then Chicho decided he was going to do his best Joseph Martinez impersonation on the day that Joseph Martinez might have played his last game for Atlanta United. However, Joseph normally scores those. He missed a penalty. Then Teal Bunbury got loose on a corner kick in the second half, and LAFC peppered Willis with as many shots as you could possibly imagine, but did not score, and we lost. 
but we still got to celebrate because we got to raise a big, fancy, shiny trophy. Uh, how did I do? How did I do for what happened, guys? That's a pretty good recap. Comprehensive. Comprehensive. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and the reason why I went kind of fast through that and fun through that was uh, to Connor's point, no real pressure. Uh, Steve said said it well after the match. He said this was the first time all season that position in the standings did not matter. Didn't mean that they didn't want to play well, but it did change the complexion of the game a little bit. So that's it. that is what it is. I'm going to pass the baton along to uh, I believe Connor Klops is or no Max Bredos is going to take. If he's a, not muted. What? No, no, no. It's you. It's you. I'm sorry. It's you, Max Bredos. No, I you are trying gonna, my best. Yeah, you were going to tell us what we learned, and I think it's only fitting that after your last broadcast, you kind of sum up everything. Your last local broadcast, I should say. I want to. I want to make a very fine point on that. Max Bredos' last local broadcast for MLS. Uh, what we learned. So, Max, go ahead and take it away. What we learned is in my final local broadcast in a very emotional game, there was one goal and it was scored by Teal Bunbury. I will take that with me to my grave and uh, I will remember Joe Willis and I will remember the sound of the Chicho Arango penalty hitting his glove because it made this sound. It went, and it's just, I, I still hear it ringing in my head in a full stadium. I could hear the ball hit his glove clear as day. But that was a, a remarkable day. Joe Willis and Teal Bunbury, the men of the hour. And I think what we learned is that if you take, first of all, this was a game, a poor game in a spectacular season. So what we learned is we don't look too much into this game too much in the big picture of how you were successful in lifting the supporter shield. This was a body of work. So when they're lifting the supporter shield, even they lost the game, you, you try and push that aside and say, okay, this is an incredible season. This was a huge bounce back. You talk about the uh, the season a year ago, and I was looking at, I, I tweeted it earlier this morning, that the two LA teams missed the playoffs. None of the Texas teams made it, and then those two Texas teams and the two LA teams are first through fourth in the Western Conference standings. So uh, what we learned also is that this league is uh, lives up to the, the parity and Maybe prom- that's the, the problem with promotion relegation is a team like maybe a Galaxy or LSE could get relegated because of the turnover so quickly in this league or a bad injury scare. But we won't talk about that. I won't get too off the topic. But we did learn that this was a huge uh, accomplishment by a bunch of players that came together, uh, didn't play alongside. We didn't know how it was going to go. We have to give much more credit to Steve Chirinolo and the coaching staff for bringing all those guys together. And you saw how happy they are. They love each other. They they keep their company. This is a very special team. But what we also learned is the playoffs are upon us. And now you've got to put the entire season away and focus on that 90 minutes. And what we learned is you might see a game like that in the playoffs at home. So, I think it was a great situation for Steve Chirondello to really show, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tape session this week, about how you've got to have attention to detail, how you have to finish here, how you have to put these teams away, how you 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 have to be locked in because a mistake could see the season end like that, could see the season end uh, two Thursdays from now. Who knows against two? We'll talk about that later. But what we learned is there's a lot to unpack and enjoy this moment. But as we spin it towards Connor and where we go from here, that uh, this is something that we take the president and build towards that. 
Well, what, one thing before we do, uh, Max, if you do, in fact, go on to work for Apple and call Games for MLS, will you be changing your name to Mac Bredos, like the Mac computer, or would you be iMax Bredos? That comes from Craig, uh, is Mac Bredos. Defenders have iMax Bredos. Well, uh, would, you, would you be doing that? I will not change my name, unless there's some money in it, and, uh, and then I am a gun for hire. But I think a lot of people are saying what's going on, and there hasn't really been a decision made, but uh, there's been conversations. I had one. A lot of people have had them. With the folks there, they, they're still ironing out a strategy and a plan, but we're waiting with bated breath because, uh, you know, uh, next year is a, a contract year. We got to we gotta find out. So, but yeah. we don't know. Uh, so uh, it was a very good conversation. I was happy to have it. And I've spoken to a lot of my colleagues in the same situation and uh, we'll move forward. By the way, uh, Joe Willis, I saw the stat set a record or tied a record for most saves without conceding a goal in MLS history on Sunday. Correct. 14 saves. Right. Yeah, and that's a it's a great stat because it's most saves without conceding a goal specifically because Maxime Cropot has the record for most saves in a game, but he conceded a goal in that game. And it was against San Jose, which Connor, when I told it to him, he goes, how is that possible? And I agree with you, Connor. How can your team be that bad to, to concede that many shots to the earth? How many shots was it? I Sorry. Uh, he made 15 saves, so he had to. Oh, okay. be, he had given up at least a goal, so I think it was at least 16 shots on target from San Jose, which is just ridiculous. Uh, Connor, I, I want to pick out one thing that Max said and what we learned, and uh, maybe we can go into more detail. Maybe this is part of uh, where we go from here. He said it was a poor game, and I, I agree with you, Max. You, you lose the game um, in, in the fashion that you lose it, but was it poor all around? Because it, I thought that they played pretty well. Um, so I don't poor know. Poor result, if that's I any, should say. Poor, poor result. result. Yeah. But Connor, where Poor do we result, where do we that, go from here? They had twenty nine shots, so they were really engaged. Mm -hmm. That's not how you want to end the season. But but Max, you brought up that 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 record that that amount of saves that Joe Willis has. Like, look, that can happen in the playoffs, and I'm not saying you're not going to face good goalkeepers, but like you got to at least give LAFC some credit because it wasn't for a, a lack of, of effort, a lack of trying um, that game could have, some of those goals could have easily gone in. Chicho could have just taken a confident penalty instead of doing whatever the hell he did. Um, and the, the, the outlook of the game would have been completely different. So unfortunate way to end the season, poor result. But at the end of the day, we did get to uh, lift the supporter shield in front of, our endearing fans, which is always something I will cherish uh, in its fullest. But 10 plus or minus days of rest at home in Los Angeles. No need to travel anywhere. That's one thing I'm looking forward to. I think the team will be looking forward to. Um, and part of me, look, a, a lot of people say that this is the, 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 the bye week curse or the supporter shield curse is this break where you don't have to play round one of playoffs sometimes bites you in the butt, right? Um mm -hmm. But I don't think LAFC hasn't faced this type of break prior in the season. There's been multiple international breaks that this team has uh, been a part of throughout the season. And I don't think this timeline is any different. And if a team is going to persevere uh, within that timeline, I think it's going to be LAFC. So 10 plus or minus days of break. Uh, looking forward to the winner of either Nashville or the Carson Galaxy, which will be fun. And look, as you were saying, Max, Steve is going to be going... Back in nitpicking, detail-oriented notes, players are going to have to really fine-tune, especially their finishing. If we're going into the playoffs, we cannot have a game like 
like we did at the the end of the season where we have 30 plus shots and do not put one in the back of the net. That being said, mm-hmm. I think the players in the squad that Steve Torontolo, John Thorrington, and the rest of the technical staff have put together knows that this is crunch time, right? They know this is bluffs. There's three games to MLS Cup. If there's any team that I think is knows the task at hand, Carlos Vela said it in his press conference, we don't want to just win Supporter Shield this year. We know how it feels to come up short in MLS Cup. So mm-hmm. as much as I, I like to think they're going to go in training and start talking about uh, the details on what they need to do better in the playoffs, I think everybody knows and is already up for the task. It's just a matter of time now. Yeah, uh, I mean, a, a, a couple, couple little couple, things. Yeah, I, I was going to say one thing that I wanted to just point out before you go, Max, is remember everyone was worried about chemistry? Well, I don't worry about that at all when you have a team that uh, racks up over four expected goals. Like, yes, this can happen, unfortunately. This is the... It's a low-scoring sport, so unfortunately, this is this is football. Like everybody that just watched that game, if you're wondering what to take away from that game, it's like this is football at the highest levels. It can be insane and maddening the way it goes, and when it gets into one-off games, it's even crazier because it's such a low sample size. So take that for, take that for what you will. But I will say this: that I that idea that this team doesn't have chemistry right out the window for me because they, their ability to to break down a very resolute Nashville team but just not find the finish and I would one more thing I'd like to add Joe Willis very good didn't think our shooting was particularly good a lot a lot he made maybe one or two great saves but I think a lot was played right to him and if there was something on the line I'd like to think LAFC does a little better and I'll, I'll hand it off to you Max I think maybe you had part of that as your point as well Yes, what you said at the end, I thought, and I was trying to catalog all the Joe Willis saves, and I go, there wasn't any one that you go, oh, well, there's one, I think, where he's like, incredible. Other there was one close-up on right Chicho in the second half, right? That that yes, close-up on right. Chicho in the second half, that I think Buanga sends it over, and then he just gets a yeah. real quick hand to it. Right, and then the Buanga one, which he hit, I mean, that Denny's got to lift that thing where he's right through one-on-one with the keeper. Just he hit it right to him. Now, give credit to Joe Willis. He's six foot five inches tall, so he can cover between the two posts very well. But um, that is uh, that is a, a, something I think LAFC will want to work on about when you get those chances. How do you stop and think, where do I put this? How do I, I give myself a higher percentage of scoring a goal here? Because there's that's part of the game. That's part of the finishing. Guys make a lot of money scoring goals because they know where to put it so where the goalkeeper can't reach it. I would also add that Maybe it's good to get this game out of your way where you see what it looks like because, you know, LAFC is not the team to repeat uh, a similar result. They they learn and they get better. We've seen it all season long. So maybe it's good it happened here where uh, you have this 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 learning process in uh, under your belt. And the last thing I wanted to say, because uh, I see people mentioning the, the non-red card, a little birdie from, you know, I got some inside information. Oh. Inside information was the VAR said that Shaq Moore – would have been able to make a play on that. That he th- he was told that Shaq Moore would have been able to track him down, which is absolutely outrageous. I don't I don't know if they're yep. thinking, oh yeah, well Shaq Moore has got a, a forty yard dash at four point two. So if it was if it was Rusty Pierce, who's really slow, going way back, wow, Rusty jo- Joey Pierce Franchino, a- Joey he would Franchino. have not been able to catch him. But Shaq Moore right. can catch him. Get out of here. Yeah, come on. Any well, and Chicho already proved that he could run past Shaq Moore because he did. So multiple. I, you know what I think said, happened, Max? They said Shaq Moore can make a play. Which you, if you look at that video, I don't know how they would have said that. You know what I think happened? I did a little digging on how red cards at the end of the season and and what kind of yellow card accumulation, how that affects the the playoffs. Get this: had 
Dax McCarty been red carded, he would miss the first playoff game, which in my mind is the incorrect way to do that rule. He should miss the first game of the season, but it gets worse. If you are to get red carded in an MLS playoff game and your team is eliminated, guess what? You sit out the first game of the regular season. Who is making these rules? This is ridiculous. These are two very separate seasons, and the sporting balance is very wrong in that way. And I, I would like to give Pro the benefit of the doubt, but I'm almost going to guarantee you it played in the other mind. Dax McCarty, big-time player in this league, probably winding down his career, one of Nash- Nashville's captain. Can we afford to have him sitting out their, their playoff game? I just, it blows my mind. So, Yeesh. Well, going down a wormhole there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, guys, but then you want like, there's easy consistencies that you can fix, and that's one right there. If this card and you lose goes the next season, it should be the same for if you won. Let's make it easy I on think, yourself. Go ahead, Connor. The, the bigger point at hand here is, look, there was no pressure on our end, and I think we played accordingly. But um, you're going to have referee decisions like this in the playoffs. You're going to have times when you get a penalty awarded for your team that you just have to bury, right? I like to think mm-hmm. that if Bowanga doesn't hit that post and Chicho buries that penalty, we win this game, right? Those are right. two of the 25-plus uh, um, situations in which I could say could have gone our way. But look, all in all, these re- poor refereeing decisions have been a common theme this entire season, and they will be going into playoffs. That's a guarantee. So let's just make sure we capitalize on the chances we do so mm-hmm. we don't get uh, indirectly um, punished because of bad refereeing. Ne- By the way, the I, I did my, my year-end year uh, voting awards, and you vote for the referee, and there's three uh, candidates uh, Ismail Fath, who I eventually voted for because there wasn't a none of the above, like in Brewster's Millions, available. Uh, and it was like you three. I stared at it for like two minutes. I go, I don't. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, Armando Villar, uh, uh, Armando Villar, I go. How did he get on there? And right. I'm like, there's some younger referees that I like. There's some younger referees that I think are are, are uh, Rubio Vasquez. I think I forgive forgive me if I get the names down wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Remy Touchon. That's the point. You're not Remy supposed to Touchon. know their names. But these are young keepers. These are young guys that they talk to people. I go, they're, they're good. But Remy Touchon rest... sounds like a. Didn't he play for the Montreal Canadiens with Guy Lafleur? No, it does. I think he's from California, actually. But his uh, Remy no, Touchon. No chance. No chance. He was in. He was in Slapshot. But the ball goes in the uh, goal. Sorry, I'm not making fun of Canadians here, uh, Connor. I'm just. It's, Connor, I like that movie. Connor doesn't care. Uh, guys, yeah. now is the time uh, for fan questions. Bring them in. But before we do, Max makes a good point about things that they can change easily. And I would like uh, producer Chris to throw up the bracket if we can, um, because we got a, a question about the Galaxy, who would be possibly our second round opponent, depending on that result. Yeah. They will host Nashville. One thing that Max pointed out, though, is it's like something that's easy to fix in the rules. I would like to point this out. Why is it that we are just going to play the four and five? Because what if what if RSL beats uh, Austin. Oh, why do they receding, not receding? Huh? Does it, Max? Doesn't that seem to be along the lines of something they could just easily change on paper? Yeah, I've always I didn't like receding, just because I think it it takes away some some of the dramatic effect. Like if I look at the NCAA tournament, if mm-hmm. a 12 seed and a 13 seed win, they'll play each other the next round. They don't get receded <laughs> to play. It's like you. You, you kind of go the path that was given to you. So I'm kind of old-fashioned in that sense. Although uh, I've seen a lot of tournaments where they've reseeded it, and it works. It does. Right. It protects the top I, seeds. I generally like reseeding because I feel like the top seeds never get actual real benefit. They have the longer layoff. Yes, they get to play at home. 
But the flip side, and I see exactly why they don't do it and why they won't do it, MLS likes the chaos. They don't actually want the number one seats to go there. They want seven upset ones and and things like that. So it just seems, to me, it seems a little bit more artificial parody. But I'll throw my hands up and say it doesn't matter. You should win your games in the playoffs. I mean, it it affects everyone the same way uh, every year. So I I don't think there's an unfair advantage for any teams. It's just... Mm -hmm the way it is and if you win three games you win mls cup so i don't see a problem lafc Mm -hmm. okay so let's uh let's get right to fan questions let's start with craig's because like i said i want to segue to a little bit of galaxy talk but is anyone worried about the galaxy raising their game this weekend is it textbook part-time performers that suit playoff format this is that old debate max i don't we don't really talk about teams this way anymore because there's so many like super teams now like the man cities and liverpools but remember it used to be like no that's a cup team they're really good in the cup. Yeah. They play one-offs, but they're not good in season. Uh, Galaxy seemed, I mean, they looked pretty good. They do. They've won they, in their last four games. So out of a total of 12 points, they've gotten 10. They're scoring goals. They had a three-goal victory. They had a four-goal victory. They are the, the ultimate team. We all talked about how you finish the season. No one finished the season better than they did, really. So, um, uh, I know what I said a couple years ago, we want the Galaxy in that first round, and it was a great moment, maybe the most famous moment for this club. Then uh, they, you know, I asked Jordan Harvey in the broadcast this, I go, was there any, people always mentioned there was like a, a, a residue from that game at Seattle that was hard to get up after that emotionally draining game. And I was like, that's another reason to worry about the Galaxy, because they drain you. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's proof of it. He didn't he didn't discount it altogether. He said, probably, no, we could have done it. But he said yeah, there was probably something there. So this is a much different LAFC team. But I saw, you know, how, you know, those first two Galaxy games, how intense it was in the Open Cup and the game at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, that this team was really, you know, gripping and wasn't playing, wasn't comfortable in the way they played in those two games because they – they knew right away the magnitude of a matchup like that. The problem in this one is LAC has so much to lose. Galaxy have nothing to lose. They weren't mm-hmm. supposed to finish fourth. They were probably not supposed to make the playoffs. They're not going to lose their record, uh, their home record to the Galaxy. Because that's the one thing that they have, that LAC hasn't won at their place. Galaxy has won here. So they have nothing to lose. And that just that is a little worrisome. And by the way, Craig, I just want to say that was a beautifully phrased pair of questions. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Connor, you were shaking your head, though. Look, but has that not been the narrative since LAFC has joined the league, right? Is that, you know, LAFC are the team to beat and the Galaxy have nothing to lose. That has been the same narrative for the past five years, and it really hasn't changed. It swung one time, I think, like last year when LAFC wasn't doing so well, and the Galaxy happened to be above LAFC for, like, the first time ever. Um but that being well, that, said, but like, that's when they have something to lose. That's when they have. And if they were playing at home, which we haven't won there, that is something to lose. I, they do obviously have something to lose. But, they want to win. Lift of, the of course Cup. they do. But on a grander scale, LAFC has much more to lose. Right. That being said, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is a team whom it, it has experienced this before. Uh, we've done it in, in, in 2019 and we persevered. I, I'd like to think that um, – there were so many reasons why that game was more emotional than I think if that matchup were to happen again, it, it would be the same. Um, that was the first time we beat the Galaxy, period, right? And it happened to be in the first knockout match the two teams faced each other. And I I, I just like to think that we have a pathway to, to MLS Cup at home, and 
you know, you don't want to you don't want to shy away from these these games. So for all of you guys watching uh, and watching that first round of the playoffs and watching Galaxy Nashville, I'm I'm not going to get into it too much, but I want the Galaxy to win. I want to be the team that knocks them out. And if you guys are are, are scared uh, and don't want to be the team that is the one to knock them out, mm-hmm. then come on. It's entertainment value. You want to be the team to knock out your rival in the playoffs. So I will be actually rooting for the Galaxy to make it to the next round and face us at home. Yeah. I will say. By the way, Nashville will... would have three. If they win that game, they would have three straight games in Los Angeles. Yeah, I wonder what their travel is going to look like for that. Like if they want to just stick Lots around. Or, partying or... at the bungalow at the Fairmont. That's where they Ooh. That's where they stay when they play LFC. Hey, Fairmont's a nice place to stay. So maybe they would. Maybe they will stay uh, out here. We were joking. We were joking with Jordan that we we've credited the Fairmont because they have a very good social scene. There's the bungalow and there's young players going down there and there's a lot to to distract you with that. We probably mm-hmm. figured that that's probably earned LAFC and added five points this season at home. Fair. Uh, I will say this. The, if LAFC does play the Galaxy, it will break the deadlock of uh, teams winning games that actually matter. Because, Connor, to your point, LAFC have knocked the Galaxy out of the playoffs. Galaxy knocked us out of the Open yep. Cup this year. Um, so we got we to gotta break that. Connor, another question to you. Daniel says he's growing his playoff mustache. Will you be keeping yours, a la Ryan Hollingshead, through the playoffs? So for, for anyone who's concerned on why this is actually on my face, it was a, a bit. I was going to Portland, and I thought I could fit in in the Portland hipster scene for a weekend. Um, I have yet to shave it. Is that a thing? Should I keep it for the playoffs? Yeah, it's actually weird? filled out nicely. You look like a yeah, young I mean, Bill Fidrich. Nice. You and Daniel, we got to get a picture of you and Daniel together there on the twentieth, wearing your your playoff mustaches, and then if LA you lose, you promptly have to shave them on the show. I know. Actually, can we, can we so get a split screen of Gordon Lightfoot when he was younger, fellow Canadian? We get a split screen when he has a mustache. I think we might have a match right there. Uh, people okay, are saying so keep the stash, Chad. Keep it for the playoffs. And, and if we do get and Connor, out, a lot of people are, are agreeing. New tattoo. Smalls who's, Kenobi. Who's commenting as one ten football in the chat? Who's commenting as one ten football in the chat saying I should get a tattoo for every win? Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, I've actually, I've actually always seemed to believe that the one ten football YouTube channel is sentient, and it's not actually anybody <laughs> physically. It's just the one ten YouTube channel, and it's, uh, it's just in there commenting. Uh, there was another question in here. Let me see. Uh, just. Uh, Bide, bide your guys' time while I'm, while I'm trying to uh, I'll just read some comments. Uh, people are agreeing with you here, uh, Connor. Uh, I said yeah. Smalls Kenobi, who I think is pretty new to our chat. So welcome, Smalls. In caps, I want to knock out Carson. And then uh, Gomez Jr., oh, people, you scared? Go to church. <laughs> people are asking about the final because USC has a game possibly the same day. There's no chance it would be if, – if LAFC is in the final, there's no chance it would be anywhere than Bank California Stadium. Like that's yep. the whole point of the supporter shield. Trust me, they'll find a way to figure that out. Uh, Hi, Soccer USA. Somebody... It was great meeting you. Thanks for stopping by. Can you guys oh, yeah, did... in the chat who come to LAFC games? Soccer USA came by, stopped by. We had a nice conversation. It was good to see you. But anyone else who comes to the games, if you're in the chat, come say hi. We can have you on the post game too. Who knows? Yes, we do put people on the post games. Uh, oh, here is the question, and I don't want to get too much into like analysis, but. Uh, since we did play Nashville just this last game and there's possibly playing them again, what's your guys' thoughts on the starting lineup? Would you change? Would you... I, I tend to... See, I'm, I'm of this kind of modern uh, soccer coach uh, where it's like your plan A is your plan A and you always like just want to do plan A better than their plan A. And so I don't really change my line. It's like 
when people tell me that teams have figured out LAFC, and I, I agree because they play one way of football, but it's good luck stopping it. Um, it's not some way like there's so much tape on teams at this point, And I think Steve alluded to it in his post game. It's like if anyone's he's like, I don't think anyone's changing their identity or their philosophy within a week's time and nor should you. Um, so I, I am always just go in the same way that Connor is like, let's take on uh, the galaxy. I just go strength on strength. Pick your best lineup. Don't worry about what the other team's going to do. Your plan A should be better than their plan A. I don't, I don't know how you, you, Max and Connor, feel about it. I agree. You agree? I think okay, that's then we'll your... just move on. How about thought? You're how about from about Soccer s- USA? I'll, I'll move us on. How about from Soccer USA? You can take this, Max. Soccer USA, which who just got shout out. Uh, thoughts on Teo and his role in the playoffs since he did play uh, around 55 minutes. Uh, most he's played, I think, all season for LAFC. What would yeah. you, you guys think? I thought he combined nicely. He he knew where to be. He had that one really good chance. Uh, it was save Joe Willis, something that I said a little bit too much. And uh, I, I I was I was you got to still think that you know he having not pit, logged a lot of minutes and getting into the groove of things. I would have liked to have seen him take on a, and successfully take on a few more defenders. But I guess you can't just ramp it all up into this game. But I was uh, I was satisfied with what uh, in a what weird he was way, able to I'll- do. Although it was unfortunate Vela had to come out so early, uh, Teo getting more minutes than probably expected originally, I think is a blessing in disguise going into the playoffs. So, yeah, you know, that's uh, a great, that's a savvy move by Steve Girondolo. You get Carlos Vela, you, you know, there's no reason to to, uh, to push him out here too much. He gets, a, he gets just under a half. And then you get uh, Christian Teo immersed into the game. And he was, he was involved with a lot of those really attractive passing sequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Teo just seems. Was... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was oh. gonna say Teo's Teo's like style of play. It just seems natural for LAC, kind of in the way that Buanga does. Um, I don't think you even really have to show much video and say this is what we like to do. It's like you get on the ball, you try to drive it forward. If you have lanes to pass through balls to your outside back or to feed Chicho, do it. If not, take it yourself. And I think that's that's like you said, Connor. It's a nice nice to see him get some extra time because I think. If you would have only seen 15 minutes of it, you would have said, eh, just the game got a little stretched. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, as you were alluding to, we have a very strong starting 11 that has been at least a little bit consistent uh, in this tail end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have those assets off the bench. People are mentioning Bale. People are mentioning Teo. Um, these are guys that, look, I can, I can say c- certainly if not, if injuries aren't a problem, will not be starting going into mm-hmm. the postseason. Um, and these are deadly assets coming off the bench. Like the mm-hmm. Bale is, a, as people are saying, oh, maybe Bale shouldn't get playing time in in the postseason. No, Bale's a player you want to bring on those last 25 minutes to either put away a game if you're already winning or bring something out of nothing, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'm very well, confident, more so than I think I even was in 2019 heading into the playoffs. There's a lot of comments about Bale. I think we should probably address it. And there's obviously something it's not clicking all into place um, with whatever. I don't know. And not really privy to that information, but there's something that's, you know, where he's not getting those regular minutes. And I think, yes, someone said, don't bail on Bale. Thickety Wickets, classic, classic play on words. Uh, there's, um, there's an, if he's, if he's ready to go and available, he loves it. You can see he's happy here. There's mm-hmm. that moment of the stadium where they had him and Team Security Paul, and he had the, the Will Ferrell shirt on. He's grinning like a school kid. He loves mm-hmm. it. But there's just something that hasn't clicked. 
And it's not to say it won't. If he's ready to go in the playoffs, you get him in there. I know someone said he would take the penalty. By the way, that's something that we missed with Carlos Vela coming out early. He probably takes that penalty. Right. But um, it's, uh, you know, Chicho usually hits him. He's pretty, he's got a very good penalty record. But um, Gareth Bale is another weapon. That said, if it doesn't click into place, I think what you have is still better than anyone else in Major League Soccer, especially with Christian Teo and obviously the immersion of Denny Buanga who, Mm -hmm. again, I repeat, as I said last week, is becoming the most important player for LAFC because what he can do is singular. You know, he opens doors up. Part of me feels that that this 10-plus day break to the round two of playoffs is a good thing, right? So you have Bale uh, with a week, two weeks uh, under his belt um, to just kind of get get back in the swing of things after that international break. So I I don't, I don't really see too many. They they responded well after the international break. They did respond Mm -hmm. well coming back from the, with all their internationals. So I mean, taking time off doesn't really affect this team too badly. I don't know. It's, it's not binary. I know everyone keeps asking like, is Bale clicking? Like, is he a bust or not? Like it's one or the other. And Max, you and I have had these conversations. It's like, he can't win, right? He's got so many Champions League titles. We've seen him do so many things. It doesn't matter. He scores three goals. He should score four goals. He scores four goals. He should score five goals. It's it's what Connor says. And I don't think, look, especially with five substitutions, there's nothing to worry about. And I know fans are worrying if Bale doesn't play. If he's not in uniform, it lends me to believe that they're being precautionary, just like they were taking Bell That's out it. when he wasn't really injured. We did learn that he's been dealing with a bit of a back problem. So I guess the big takeaway from this is that, yeah, if you don't play consistent football for a while and you're you're a Ferrari that's finely tuned when you try to ramp it back up, sometimes you break down a couple of times. But to Connor's point, with five subs and the fact that, like, let's say it's a 1-1 game and you've already brought on Mahali, you've already brought on Tail, you're going for it full out, and you can bring in a Gareth Bale who can, exactly. can nail a penalty. We know he can nail a penalty. He can hit a free kick. He can do something like he did against Justin Glad and skin him down the touchline and then he can finish. Hold or, up the play. He or he can hold nine. up the play. Play out wide. Yeah. And, it's and, not like we're seeing a guy that's asset. throwing his toys out of the out of the you know out of the no. playpen or or he's getting red cards. He's he's bought in. So I'm not. I just I don't worry quite the same. Do do I think that all of us would love to see him killing it to make it even more apparent why oh, there's yeah. a bunch of number eleven bail jerseys out there? Yes. Um, do I do I know he'll be back for sure next season? No, but I'm telling you, if I'm a head coach and Gareth Bale is available on my bench with the last 20 minutes of a game or even the last 10 minutes of a game, yeah, I'm putting in Gareth Bale because you know the his body of work and the things that he can do, he can do certain things that no one else can. And think about it, if you're another MLS team, and uh, I don't want to defame Teal Bunbury because he did just score but against us, but. Teal Bunbury is normally the type of guy that an MLS team is bringing in in the final 15 minutes to score a goal. We've got exactly, Gareth Bale. Vince. We're it's terrifying. Exactly, Vince. It's Gareth Bale. Is... It's Christian Teo. It's Mahala. It's Latif. But they, it's a, it's a murderer's are... row of a bench. And that's going to really scare opponents because they know they'll have a smaller window to take care of the LAFC. Because if you get into the hour mark, they're going to bring in all these these guys. And that's not fair. But that's the way it is. And And, and this is, you know... This 90-minute playoff games, right? You can never be certain that you're going to win. You can be the the favorite going into it. This is soccer. This is why we love the game. But I don't think I can recall a time in MLS history when you have that those weapons off the bench. Any team, as Vince was was, was it's talking unprecedented. about, you, you usually have a Teal Bunbury to try to come off and and and, and score you a, a winner in the the 80th plus minute, right? No, you have Bale Teo Mahala plus. 
I, that and that's why I'd say I'm so confident. Again, I can't tell you that we're winning MLS Cup for sure, for sure, but I can tell you that we're going to give it everything we got, and we have a very strong chance to do it. Yeah, look, it this is what it comes down to, guys. It's one game. We've already talked about it, the fact it's a low-scoring game just in general. So anything can happen, as we've just seen against Nashville. But I think the front office has done their very best to comb every bit of data they can to fill in this team to help Steve Trundolo. And they're going to give it their all. They're going to use. They're going to go out there, use all five subs if they need to. They'll go all out attack like Steve did against Portland to win that supporter shield. And thank God he did because it was nice to have it wrapped up beforehand, wasn't it? So I'm just going to say I feel pretty good headed into the playoffs and i want to thank everybody for their questions uh fan questions always I, great one what last thing about uh someone mentioned about franco escobar after the blow to the head uh that replay it's amazing that his leg is not into three pieces because he landed on it and mm -hmm. cj sapong's foot landed inadvertently on his ankle while it was i mean it looked like it snapped i didn't see him actually run off the field at one point and go back in the game was remarkable so I think he took a blow to the head, but I think it's what happened to his leg, which was pretty, uh, pretty. I was uh, more, I was sinister. more worried about his leg initially. Yeah, when when you come down like that, you're worried about the leg initially, and then you see the head, and then you realize the you know head injuries are back in the news, uh, unfortunately because of the NFL. Uh, yes, the fact that he came back in made me happy, but I'm still I cautiously optimistic that he's okay. But uh, we knowing Franco and Max and I have had the the chance to just speak with him quickly at training. A lot of times the guy is like when he gets, when he gets on the field, he's killer, man. <laughs> he's a, he's the, he's the nicest guy in person, but the, when he steps between those lines, he, he wants to go 100% all the time. So, uh, again, thank before, you guys for before your, before we move on really quick, Vince, one more really, really, oh, really God. quick thing. And I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. So we're out of USA control. Okay. About Chiellini. So the USA is talking about Chiellini and we're talking about assets off the bench. This is an asset on the bench that I don't, is very rare in this league. Uh, having a, a center back of his quality and his experience, every time that he has stepped foot on the field, you know, he's been with us only for a short period of time, but if he's playing the way he is into next season, there's a shout for defender of the year. And I and I truly mean that. He the the elegance in which he has the ball, not only defensively, but for next year you're in, saying. In, yeah, yeah I, I'm just year. saying like you know, in this league, just the way it, it works and, and how teams press and how teams counter, usually a center back can have a mistake. And LFC's prone to that in its five years of history. But Chiellini is one guy in the back that not one time have I been at all stressed when he has the ball at his feet, when a ball's coming to him in the air? And that is something that I, I'm smiling ear to ear about going into the playoffs. <laughs> he is the quarterback that you want on your team going into the postseason. So, mm -hmm. And I'll add that him and Dennis Buonga don't care who the Galaxy are. Um, and shouldn't be frightened That's by true. them, I don't think at all. So it's a that, playmaker that, as a defender. He was inside the Nashville half most of the second half. Playing he sets three crazy. different balls with the outside of his left boot to Cheeky, I think, each time. And every time I just went, oh, you got to be kidding Cheeky me. Cheeky was incredible, um, by the way. Cheeky just, the was very final good, which play. is another good sign. Stoppage time. All right, let's let's go to stoppage time. Everyone keep asking about playoff tickets. Well, I, we don't know for sure, but I do know that the way it goes, normally they get offered to season ticket holders first, uh, and then they go on sale to the general public. I think they're probably getting closer to actually when they finalize. We have told you that we're pretty positive it's going to be on Thursday the 20th, but things are still in flux. So I would say keep MLS your eye Soccer on the has it on the 20th. Hours. MLS Soccer yeah. website has it on the 20th, 7 o'clock on FS1. Yeah, I would 
I would think that's going to be, you know, within that's gonna within the next day or so, there will be announcements about playoff tickets. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But let's move on to stoppage time. Stoppage time is our chance for us to rant and rave about anything. And as we do a production meeting beforehand, I actually know what everyone's uh, stoppage time topic is going to be. So I'm going to kind of direct air traffic control this, and I will tap myself to go first because not because mine's the best, but because Connor's and Max's I think are the better way to wrap the show. So it'll go Vince, Connor, Max, Bredos. Uh, I will Thanks start for off with explaining the order. Yeah. I, wait. You could have just started. You could have just started this, with yours. You started. didn't have to explain it. And you had to, you had to throw in, this could be the best take, but I'm doing it first. But it probably should be going last. Wow. Guys just, wow, we okay, silenced my Vince. That doesn't happen yeah, my thund- too often. My, he knows yeah, what he did. Yeah, my thunder just stolen. SBI, I guilt. know what I did. It's, hey, it's been a tough, <laughs> been a tough uh, day for all of us. So you can't, they can't all be winners. Sometimes they get saved by Joe Willis. Uh, okay, guys, my stoppage time topic is this. We've been talking a lot about playoffs and difference makers in the playoffs. Obviously, Gareth Bale's names came up, Christian Teo, Dennis Mwanga, but I'm going to tell you this. Of those three guys, it will be none of them that will be the most important uh, player for LAFC coming these these playoff games. I think the real difference maker, my wild card, Mahala. Mahala is going to be a difference maker. Hot and Hot take, fire take. But I, I feel like a lot of people might be with me on this because Mahala is probably not going to start these games. But, man, he's been so good coming off the bench. Literally, the minute he comes onto the field, he creates an opportunity. He did it in Portland. Probably should have got a penalty for us immediately after stepping on the field. Then he steps on against Nashville, and I looked at people that were sitting next to me. I said, Mahala's going to score here. And immediately creates an opportunity. And I just think that with everything that he's done this season, one of only two players to play in every single game for LAFC, so you can count on him getting into matches, just the way that he plays and his ability to stretch defenses. If Steve is thinking, hey, Mahalo's going to come in at the 60th minute, those fullbacks are going to have their work cut out for him because of the way that Mahalo is going to literally immediately get on your back shoulder, get in the blind spot, and just try to run past you every single time. And the midfielders like Ilya, Kellen, even Latif, no, look up and find Mahala over the top, and he'll make something happen. So I don't know if he'll score, but he's definitely going to get in behind the defense, and either he's going to square a ball to, for Chicho or Vela to score, or he's going to score himself. Mark it down. Mahala is your wild card for the 2022 MLS Cup playoffs. Soccer USA has a good little song for Mahala. You see that? Tis the season to be jolly. Mahala la la la. <laughs> we need, I'll, I'll say this to Soccer USA. That's really point. good. I like that. I, I I would like some more player songs. I missed yeah, the I Diego put, Rossi song. I voted Mahala for comeback player of the year, by the way. A lot. Nobody has Mahala on their ballot for comeback player of the year, and I don't think they realize how bad a meniscus injury is. And they I definitely didn't listen to the Max and Vince podcast to realize that Mahala is not just coming back from an injury, but just the whole fact that he came here, then a pandemic happened. He didn't even have a contract, continued to practice with the team, got signed, played for the lights, tore his meniscus, which is a horrific injury for a player almost on the scale of an ACL injury and then comes back and does what he does. By the way, still under 22 years old. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come back. Play. I, and by the I, way, hot the take. nicest, most smiliest, happiest guy you could ever imagine. So and, Mahala, comeback player of the year, 2022 wild card. And we need a song about him. More player songs. I just Mahala, put it out there yeah. into the that universe. Maybe a little bit too. Uh, yeah, that anyone. might be a little much, but let's, can I just get more player songs? That's all I'm saying. Hot take. If yeah. Mahala was Argentinian, he would win young player of the year. Oh, just saying. I'm I just, just imagine Mahala walking that, around an Argentine accent. Almost, that, right? That almost should have been your, your stoppage time topic. You mentioned Mahala. I'll, I'll, I'll save it yeah. for next week, you guys. That is, um, a, that is a hot, hot take. 
end of the season. Uh, my stoppage time is everybody is still sleeping on Steve Terundolo. Uh In this, I'm talking about the coach of the year conversation. So beginning of the year, came in with a, a losing record uh, with the Las Vegas Lights. Not only LAFC fans and LAFC supporters were clowning him a little bit. Um, the LAFC didn't make the playoffs the year prior, and it was a kind of new waters for LAFC, and no one, even in MLS, projected LAFC to do well. No one did. No one expected LAFC to be the super club it is today. And that's where I get kind of confused on what criteria is for Coach of the Year. So people are are tipping Nancy to be winning Coach of the Year, uh, Wolf to be Coach of the Year. Uh, Phil Neville. It's just Phil Neville. Neville, right? So 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 most most of the time it's the coach doing the most with the least. And I get that. It's pretty hard to do. But in a league as competitive as it is, you're going to have those coaches year in, year out. Steve Tarondolo didn't have the most, right? He didn't have Bale and Chiellini to start off with. He had a lot of new faces on LAFC coming off of a a, a first year never making playoffs. Um, and he had to, quite frankly, build a, a, a strong team from scratch, strong camaraderie between players from scratch. Um And I just don't think he's getting the credit he deserves, right? Everyone wants to clown on LAFC, and I get it. But if you're going to give anyone credit where credit is due, it is Steve Terundolo for building this team the way he has. And, you know, I'm not saying he should be winning uh, Coach of the Year, but he should at least be in the top three conversation. And I think he's been overlooked every single time because of players like Bale, because of LAFC winning the Sporter Shield. He broke the record for most wins uh, in a first-year head coach uh, in MLS history, that that mm-hmm. alone should speak for itself. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. It would be a calamity if he doesn't win Coach of the Year, and I, I have a feeling he's not. He won't. He won't. I think some people are going to be cute with some of their voting. I go, you're insane. You aren't for everything you just pointed out. For a guy in his first year, set the first year record, held by two huge names in American coaching, and in addition to that immersing player after player after almost to the finish line of the regular season. They're still bringing Christian Tao's to the finish line. And these are, these aren't new MLS players. These are Chiellini's and Bale. These are world-class players who have won everything you could possibly win. And for a coach of his quality to be able to manage that locker room is unbelievable to begin with. One of you guys said that, forgive me if my my memory's shot at my age, but one of you said that, can you imagine how good Steve Cherundolo is that he's in the locker room and saying, uh, Carlos Vela, you're coming out at the 40th minute. Uh, you're not starting today, Gareth. Or having those really tough decisions, they're like, okay. Yep. They don't go, excuse me. They could. He That's yeah. courageous. Mm-hmm. He deserves credit across the board. He's a coach who in a landslide. But if you're voting and you're watching this by chance, don't get cute this year. It's not the time to do it. That's the guy yeah. who deserved it. He it, hit every target except for the best season in MLS record, which he was like a couple points, four or five points away. Yeah, you can't, and that's a third, that's a threshold think, that you don't have to meet to to win yeah. coach of the year too, right? No one you don't ever gets need docked to for not setting a new season. record. Like, yeah. what? Hey, I don't. If get you it. if you are in fact watching this and you do still have a vote and you're voting for Phil Neville, just listen to this: negative nine goal differential. Come on, guys, We're, what are we doing here? You can't have a negative nine goal differential for the season and be a coach and, of the and year. To it think, just, you can't. And to think some of the people voting also were predicting LAFC to not even make the playoffs this year. That's, that's true. them proving that they weren't 
they weren't believing in LAFC at the beginning of the season. They didn't think LAFC had a strong enough team at the beginning of the season. So if you base your vote on the coach who did the most with the least, and you thought LAFC wasn't going to make the playoffs uh, come the beginning of the season, then you're just hypocritical and you're stupid. <laughs> Always a good good punctuation there, Connor. A lot of people pointing out Steve Trondolo might be a good candidate for the U.S. national team. Uh, and I think with a lot of the problems that we're seeing, uh, maybe fitting square pegs into round holes and how Steve has managed the locker room and been malleable in his playing style and malleable in the way he uses players might be a good shout, but I would love for Steve to stay with the black and gold for, for a very long time. And then go, go coach a national team down the road. That's for the old, that's for the older guys to do. I feel like they, your best days are coaching a club team. So stay here for a while, Steve. All right. I'm going to hand it off to the voice of LAFC, Max Bredos. He is going to take us home on stoppage time. Go for it, Max. Sorry, Kevin Baxter getting in on the comments from uh, Soccer USA. Uh, my final thought, and I, I've been looking at the chat room, and it gets look. I'm I, I um I get very emotional. I think as I get older, I think it's because I drink less. You know, because I think when you, <laughs> you stop drinking, your emotions get really. So I mean, that's a good thing. Maybe you're you're pushing stuff away. Not that I drank a lot before, but I've tried to you know take my body's a temple. So let's get back on the rails here. So uh, I get a little emotional when I see this, and a lot of people saying about being the voice, and that was my take, and this was the final broadcast uh, as, as an LAFC uh, team broadcaster. Uh, things are going to change next year. Uh, we'll talk to Apple. Hopefully it works out well. LAFC will remain doing stuff along with 110 Football and other things like the, our great podcast, which you should check out because we have incredible access. We just interviewed Denny Buanga, which in years past you would have never been able to do it. So a lot of that will be happening, and I'll continue to you know find uh, extra work here and there as a go-go dancer and um, whatever else comes up. So, part-time model. Part-time model, yes. Hands. Very attractive <laughs> hands. So uh, this was uh, – first of all, again, we thank Denny Buanga for – Scoring that goal last week, which allowed us to keep that as a local broadcast. And I was just counting the minutes, and the game started, and it was just in my head. And I didn't want it to end, and I didn't want it to end that way. I was hoping there would be a goal or, or something, and, 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 I, and I realized that does, it doesn't matter. But um, the end of five years of this is the job. I have worked for Fox on the national level. I've worked for ESPN. I hosted SportsCenter there. I'm not going to read out my old resume, but I get kind of am. I worked at Sky Sports. I worked at WWE. I worked for Combate Global. I worked at UFC. I have uh, worked for local stations. I worked for the Galaxy back in the day. This is the job I've always wanted. This was the job uh, when I, in like 2015, 16, I would fly out. I would host a show on ESPN. Then I would take a red eye from Bristol, Connecticut, or from Hartford, Connecticut. You'd always have to connect somewhere. And... I would show up. I'd tell Tom Penn, president of the time, who I, I'm indebted to for giving me this job. And I'd say, hey, what are you doing? You want to grab lunch? I wouldn't ask for the job, but I would keep up appearances. But what he didn't know is I just got off a plane. And after that meeting, I would get back on a plane to go back to work. We're talking about eight hours, nine hours commuting because of a connection. And it was the first time I said, if you really, really want something, this is what you got to do. And I had a relationship with Tom because he was working for ESPN at the time. So I, I used it to my ability. And then I met Larry Friedman. I said, oh, I just want to see what you guys are up to. I wasn't asking. I wasn't pushing asking for the job three years before they did it. But it reminded me I wanted it. And then I got it. And I uh, I knew I had to 
sees this and I had to create a, a, a relationships with the supporters and Bob Bradley and Larry Friedman and everyone involved with the club so that I was part of it. And then they paid it back. So where I have enjoyed this so much more than I ever could have imagined and being involved with, look, I, I've been treated very poorly in my employee in many places. <laughs> I have been, they, they have kicked me around. They've, uh, they've done things which I've just, you know, wanted to crawl up in a hole and cry to sleep. LEFC have treated me like a million bucks and they treat you like family and they look out for you. So I'm just so happy for that. I just, it's very difficult because you don't want that to end. I wanted, I wanted to be the voice forever of this club. That said, being that for five years is so special. And if there isn't another voice of LEFC, I can say that I was that. I was, that is such an honor and I, uh, I I will cherish it, and I'll remember these years. And I, I hope to be around with the club, and maybe things work around where we, where maybe some common sense prevails, and they'll say, "Hey, why don't we use the LA-based announcers in the LA clubs?" I wouldn't be able to be as um, do the Homer calls, so to speak. I would have to scream from the top of my lungs if Teal Bumbery scored like we worked for Nashville too. So, uh, but that was a. Uh, it's just been a remarkable stretch. So, thank you for all you guys because you make it possible and. Um, uh, to have that connection with supporters. When I go to the Bank of California and I do my walk around and I say hello to everyone, and it's just the best feeling in the world. Well, I well, will say, Max, I, I, I don't want to drag this on uh, too long on my end. Drag it on. When I don't want it to started, end. When you started at LAFC uh, and when I started as a supporter, I was a 15-year-old boy. Um, and to to think just as a supporter and as a young kid, like I, I looked up to you, Max, like the, it was a, Aww. it was a role and you being the voice of LAFC, I think means so much to not just me, but the chat. Um, and to think that I get to not only share this, this stage with, with you, Max and, and you Vince, but, um, to, to know the, the, the everlasting impact you've, you've made on, on LAFC as the voice, I think I can speak for all of us in the chat. Like, uh, we will for, forever love you. And I'm, I'm saying that as a as a supporter, not just as a as a person who who's been lucky enough to to become a companion of, of yours um, in the years that that I've known you. But uh, we love you, Max. Oh, God, that's very touching. Thank you very much, man. That was uh, unexpected too, and more than I deserve. Appreciate you. Well, I'm just happy I somehow got thrown in there with you on this stage, as I normally do. Yep. I am I am Max's carry on baggage. Uh, that's that's not it true. for the show. Thank you so much, uh, everyone in the chat, uh, especially for I making mean, I, our guy Max feel really great because you guys are right. If, in fact, the local broadcasts are gone forever, then forever will be Max Bredos, the voice of LAFC. So that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing. And I think Max can always hang his hat on that. And I mean that literally. Yes. Uh, so and yes. Yeah. One last time, if chat. you could, for, yes. for the people in the chat. There you go. Yeah. There's the um, one there's the one account who uh, hates that call so much and he, he always puts the Simpson character goes yells and cracks me up. <laughs> you know, next thing you know, he's yes all the time. You know, Max, it's, it's selective. A year goes by and he's going to be like, "Damn, I really missed the yes." Right. And don't forget Max is a good sport too. He's he's meaning it when he thinks it's funny. He he does he doesn't mind poking some fun at himself. Uh, but he is one of the best in the business, and we do love Max. Guys, don't forget that this show, if you came in late or you just want to I listen to it Connor's again. I like the goodbye hear... a little better than Vince's, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I did one goodbye. for you. I did one for you on the Max and Vince podcast with Moa Do. Come on. 
Um, he was. Just remember, guys, if, if you if you want to re-listen to the to Max's kind of tribute to you and thanking you, uh, you can always listen to it as a podcast. Uh, so check out these shows as podcasts if you ever missed the live show or, like I said, you just want to listen to it again. And do us a favor. Go ahead and subscribe to those podcasts, too. I don't think it's a thumbs up or any kind of cool button like that, but just think of me doing this to you as you subscribe for that for that podcast. So please do that. Thank you, Max Bredos. Thank you, Connor Just Thank you, chat. We will be back next Monday for LFC 360 at our normal time, 1 p.m. And then at that point, we will know, in fact, who our second round opponent is. Um, so we will definitely be diving into uh, the minutia and all the details of analyzing that opponent. So come back here Monday. Uh, guys, enjoy the start to the MLS Cup playoffs. I do think it's one of the most fun times of the year, even when you're not in that first round. Actually, it's kind of better when you're not in that first round because you can just see all the chaos and then jump right in uh, two-footed, as they say. Uh, thank you guys so much. Again, thank you, Connor. Thank you, Max. Thank you, fans. We'll see you guys next week.